message today is actually called A Picture of God. Now, Luke 15 is one chapter that has three stories. And I am going to be reading from, or I'm going to be focusing on one of these stories that I believe gives us a beautiful picture of what God is like. And uh, it starts in verse 11. And here is what it says. And he said, a certain man had what? Two sons. When I read this story, it becomes apparent to me that the way that God loves us is the way that a father loves his children. I don't know if you had a father growing up, but I can tell you that when I was growing up, um, I had a father that definitely demonstrated his love. And I don't, I can't tell you too many stories, but one time I remember um, I was very, very sick. I, we were in Korea on a family holiday. I was in an elevator and I think I had a bout of food poisoning. And as we were riding up the elevator, I don't know if you've ever experienced right before you're about to vomit, there's like this response in your throat, like you're like salty flavors come. But anyway, so I knew I was going to vomit. And I said, dad, I am. And I, I forget, I was like 12, 12 or 13 years old. I said, dad, I am about to heave here. And I remember he put out his hands like this and he said, here, vomit in here. And it never struck me until I had my own kids, okay? <laughs> and once you have your own kids, you kind of see how far you would go for your own children. Does that make sense? <laughs> but <clears throat> I don't want you to miss this. The Bible's imagery of the way that God loves us is the way that a father loves his children. And I can tell you, uh, in this life, apart from my lovely wife, there is nothing that I love more than my sons. Nothing. My, my favorite car is a distant second, okay? And, you know, all of the things, there's nothing that even comes close. So this is a picture of the way that God loves us. He loves us as a father loves his children. Now, the Bible says that the younger of them said to his father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. Now, does anybody know, what do we call that? What do we call the portion of goods that falls to the children? What do we call, there's a term for that. What do we call it? It's an inheritance. And it's the same almost around the world. An inheritance is divided among the children when the father, what? When he dies. So, we don't have to have a commentary on this passage to know two things. Number one, the son is unhappy living with his father. Number one. 
And that's, that's a very important picture. He is disrespectful and he's not happy. But don't miss the last part of verse 12 because the Bible says, and he did what? He divided unto them his living. Now, please do not miss this. The parable teaches us that God loves us as a father loves his children. And even if the children are unhappy with their father, God respects our choice. Don't miss that. This parable, you know, if it was a Korean father, because I had very strict disciplinarian parents and I, had, I got beat so much as a young child. I mean, you know, back then, these, you know, child protective service laws about, you know, whatever. I, I'm not saying I was abused, but I got beat a lot, okay? <laughs> and just so that you know, you know, like Korean, if, if you try this on a Korean father, he would be like austere. And then, you know, after, you know, it would get to the beating later, but he would play with your mind. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but this, this picture of God is very different. The child is dissatisfied. He's unhappy. He's restless. And when he asks for this, the Bible says, this is amazing, that the father let him have what he asked for. You know, folks, our father in heaven, he gives us this wonderful power called the power of choice. And when you look around in the world and say, if God is a God of love, how can he allow the disease, the suffering, the injustice that goes on every single day on this planet? The answer is just this, that God gives us and respects the power of choice. You don't want to be with your father? He doesn't force you to be with him. The next verse, verse 13 says, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a where? A far country. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. Now, there's so much I could say about this passage, but I just want to pause on one word here. You see, right now, um, I could say to you that my home uh, is far because I live in Westchester, but you know, in terms of walking, it would probably take me two hours, maybe less, maybe hour and a half to walk home from here. Okay. <laughs> but you know, that's relative because if I was in China to walk home, it would take years. Does that make sense? In other words, the word far is relative based on what you compare it to. Does that make sense? Or the reference point. Um, when it says that the younger son, he went into a far country. Well, you know, Mexico is close if you're in the US, but Mexico is far if you're in Australia. Does that make sense? So far is in reference to his father. Does that make sense? The country is far because it's far from his father. And it's clear to me, you know, there's so many clues. It says not many days. He didn't wait like one year after he got the inheritance. 
It's just a few days. So he was planning this. He was dissatisfied. He got the money. And then the Bible says that he went far from his heavenly father. You know, please don't miss this. You can be living in your father's house and still be far in your mind. Does that make sense? So he was living with the father, but he was unsatisfied. He was unhappy. And so here he was when he finally got the inheritance, he went and now he lived as he wanted. No rules, no one to tell him what to do. But then in verse 14, the Bible tells us, and when he had spent how much? All. Isn't that interesting? This is kind of a common theme in scripture. There's a number of parables where they have to sell everything. But when he spent all, it says there arose a mighty what? Famine in that land. Now, let's review. Where is this land? It doesn't give us the name of that land, but where is it? It's just far. Far from who? Far from the Father. So, when he spent all, there arose a mighty famine. Can you please tell me what part of your body does a famine affect first? Your stomach, right? I mean, eventually it affects all of you, but I want to make this point, and it's important for us, I think, to understand this. Everyone that's far from their heavenly father eventually becomes hungry. You know, I, I have to say that one more time. Everyone that is far from their heavenly father eventually becomes hungry. You know, I have tried many things in that far country. And I can tell you that when you are far from God, you can try all kinds of things, but eventually you come to be hungry. I want you to notice what he ate. It says, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to do what? Feed swine. And it says, and he would have fain filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Do you know why nobody gave to him? Do you know why? Because everybody in that country was going through what? Everybody was going through famine. Not just him, everybody. Does that make sense? How many times have we been away from our Heavenly Father, and we've tried to fill ourselves, our hunger with pig's food. I'm not proud of this. Uh, I'm not. But there was a time in my life when I binged watched television. And I'm not, I'm not saying this example because I want anyone to imitate this. But there used to be this TV show called Lost. Uh, it ran for six years. There was like 130 episodes. I, I, I had never seen an episode, but I, I heard about it. And then I watched the whole thing in four days. So I, I don't know if you understand how much you have to watch in order to do that, okay? But 
I remember at the end of that, not only was I totally upset and frustrated because it made no sense, <laughs> but there was an emptiness and a hunger that was so obvious. Because let me tell you, friends, when you're far from God, you can watch TV, you can go to the club, you can use chemicals, you can do whatever you want, and nothing will fill the empty hunger that's in your soul. Does that make sense? Nothing. It doesn't matter what you try, what you do, who you do it with. In the end, everybody that is far from their heavenly father is just desperately hungry. So this is a very interesting passage. Verse 17, it says, when he came to himself. This is kind of like, you know, I, I imagined this like in a cartoon. Sometimes you have the Tom and Jerry, like he comes out of the body and he sees himself, you know, but it says when he came to himself, it's like he finally wakes up and notice what he thinks. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to what? To spare. You know what this tells us about our heavenly father? It's that he's generous. He's good. What a picture that it gives us of our father in heaven. So notice what he says. He says, I will arise and go to my father. Now, I want to just pause here. The factor that draws this young man back to his father is that his father is good. He's kind. He's loving. And you know, the Bible says that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And so this is a, a very important point. It's not that when we are... Um, scared and we're afraid or we feel guilty. It's when we recognize how compassionate, how generous, how loving God is. That is when our hearts are drawn to go back to that source of love and kindness and compassion. He says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Is that true? Yes or no? Was that true? Absolutely. And notice he says, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. This was true as well. And please don't miss this. Sin makes it so that we are no longer worthy to be called God's children. It's because of God's mercy and his grace that we have that privilege. Does that make sense? We didn't earn it. Coming to church doesn't earn it. Living a good lifestyle doesn't earn it. If you've sinned one time, you forfeited that privilege. But now the Bible says, and he arose and came to his father. Now, this is the part or this is the picture of God's character that I think is very, very Beautiful. It says, but when he was yet a great way off. You know how I imagine this is maybe the father lived on a, 
he had his house was at the end of a long driveway. And maybe the father was sitting on the porch. And off in the distance, this familiar figure. Maybe he couldn't even see his face from that distance, but maybe, do you know that there's technology today that can track you by the way that you walk? It's called gate recognition technology. It's how like we, we, our walking has a certain rhythm. And so I actually can tell um, certain people just by the way that they walk. If you really pay attention to that, you can see that. I, and I don't know. I don't know what it was. The Bible just says that when he was yet a great way off, so even like it was far down the road, the Bible says the father saw him and he had compassion. There is no greater picture in the Bible to me of what our heavenly father is like than this particular story because it says that when the father saw him, he didn't get angry. He didn't smirk and say, I knew this was going to happen. Or he didn't say, let's see what he wants now. You know, he did nothing like that. All he said, is, all he does, it says he had compassion. And what did he do? He ran. What an amazing picture. He didn't like, okay, you're walking, I'm walking. No. It says that he, he covered the distance, like he ran and he fell on him, fell on his neck and he kissed him. I don't know, parents, what your children are like. When my kids were very young, um, kissing was so natural. My oldest is 16 now, and I think like when I kiss him, he acts like, you know, he's getting COVID from me or something, you know. But anyway, you know, you have to understand this was a boy or a young man that had lived a crazy life. And now all his fortune was gone. He's emaciated. What do you think he looks like and smells like? Something connected to pigs, right? That was his job. Father doesn't care. And the Bible says that he ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. Notice what the son says now. The son said unto, his said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. You know, friends, when you get hungry enough and you realize, why am I wasting my time with the world? Why? Why am I indulging in sin? Why am I wasting my time in all of these things that don't satisfy my hunger when I could be with my heavenly father? And you know, when God, when, when we come back, it's natural, it's, it's a gift from God that we confess what we've done wrong. You know, I, I repent of these ways that I've tried to fill my hunger. And 
I could be wrong, but I think that our society today, as interconnected as we are, I think I read somewhere that people today are even more lonely uh, than they were in times past. You realize that we, we're connected through Facebook and social media to people that we probably don't even see. Some of these people I haven't seen since, you know, I was a little kid. With all these connections, people are still so lonely, so empty, so hungry. And, you know, we, we, we try, we, we, we want to fill that hunger. We try all these things. And yet, in the end, only God can satisfy our hearts. And the Bible says that the son comes and he confesses. He repents of what he has done. But notice the father. The father said to his servants, bring forth the what? The best robe. You know, in, in today's, you know, modern vernacular, this was like a Brioni suit or like a Versace, you know, an Armani. There's something so extravagant, something so opulent, something so unfitting for this young, young man, right? But the father said to his servants, bring the best robe and put it on him. Now, I can't delve too much into this point, but there is a critical, critical lesson about salvation here. When we confess, when we repent of our sins, there is a cleansing process that takes place. And just as I'm sure the father did not put that robe on this pig-stained, stinky, smelly young man, I really believe that, you know, I don't know if it's like Asian culture, but maybe they had like, you know, five servants with scrub brushes, you know, just scrubbing him down. But in the end, the father puts this robe on this clean young man. It says, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And then the Bible says, and bring hither the what? The fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Now, I want to point something out here. What was the young man's problem in the far country? What was the problem? He was what? He was hungry. And in the end, in order for him to be filled something had to die. Does that make sense? In other words, friends, in the end, your hunger can never be satisfied until you understand the sacrifice that Jesus made so that your hunger could be filled. And here it was. It says, let us kill the fatted calf. Let us kill it. Let us eat and let us be merry. You know, as I was thinking about this message and how it applies to us, I think even today, you know, you don't have to be so, so far from your heavenly father. You could still be in the father's house and be dissatisfied. You could be maybe not in a super far country, but maybe you could be in the next country over. The point is, unless, unless you're with the Father, you will experience an emptiness of soul 
Yeah, you know, you can watch TV and it'll satiate it for a while. You can read your novels and for the time being, it will tickle your intellect and your fancy. And you can go to the clubs and you can do the party scene and you can do the, the, you know, the alcohol or the other party drugs and all of those things will last for a little bit. But eventually, eventually, everybody that's away from the father gets hungry. And so my challenge and my appeal to you in this new year Examine your soul and ask yourself the question, are you happy? Is your soul satisfied? Is it full? Are you with your father? Are you with your heavenly father? Because what he's offering is compassion, generosity, love, mercy. And you know what? He's offering his prized possession to be sacrificed in order that you could be full. His only son. And you know, this parable ends, well, the first part of it ends, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is what? He's found. As simple and as well-known as this story is, I know there are people watching this, listening to this, sitting here, that could have been like that son. That you're dissatisfied. You're unhappy. You feel like God hasn't been fair to you. He's been maybe too strict. And so we make the choice to go away. And you know how much that must hurt our Heavenly Father. You know, when my own children are sometimes neglectful or they're disrespectful, I can't tell you how much it hurts me. Can you imagine how much that hurts our Heavenly Father when we choose to live as though He's dead? And here, this this young man, when he finally comes back, the father's joy, the celebration. Can you imagine the the ecstasy and, and the wonder that the family feels and the father feels? He's done everything that he can to help him realize how thankful he is that he's come back. This, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. I pray for each of us. I don't know where you are today. I don't know where you find yourself in relation to your heavenly father. But one thing I know, if you're hungry, if you're empty, if you're unsatisfied, if you're unhappy, you will find the the source or you will find the solution for those feelings when you reestablish a proper relationship with your heavenly father. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads with me as we pray. Father in heaven, here we are in a new year. And it's an opportunity for us 
to have a new page written in our lives. I pray that for those that are watching, for those that are here, for those that will watch it later, that every single one of us can find our Heavenly Father again, that we would come home, that we would leave the sins in that far country, that we would confess, that we would repent, and that we would indeed experience our hunger being satisfied because of the precious gift that Jesus gave us of eternal life, which can begun, can begin to be experienced here and now. Lord, I pray this for each of our members, our friends, our family members that are watching. May this be our experience today, not tomorrow, not next week, but may this be our experience today. For we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.